What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 133 of the Frame Skip Podcast. I am Austin Eller, and I'm joined for the first time in a while by three of my good friends, starting off with the man who's never here, Coach the Kyle Newman. What's up? Nothing much, man. I told my students, no tutoring today. No tutoring my today. My life is more important than yours today. And as I'm, I'm walking out, two of our students in our program fought, so it's like... Okay, that's why we kind of started a little late. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, so good day, though. Good Tuesday. Were they fighting? Holiday Monday. Were they fighting because you told them you could not tutor them? No. Okay. I'll teach you kids how to math. I'll teach you kids how to math tomorrow. I got to get home and talk about Star Wars. (laughs) There are wars to be fought at home, and I'm (laughs) central to said wars. Yes. Speaking of, of wars, uh, George, you know, there are, there are wars on the football field. I know you're all about that. So what's going on, George, from Short Box Summary? I drafted Travis Kelsey in the first round in so many leagues. And then I just saw like an ESPN news flash saying that like, oh, yeah, he hyperextended his knee at practice today and he's going to oh. go in for an MRI tomorrow. It's like, oh, that's great. I mean, he's supposed to play Thursday. That's nice. Um, yeah. See how Who is this? Travis Kelsey. Mm. It's usually pretty good. I did pick the kicker for uh, Kansas City, so I do have a player playing this Thursday. A little, little butker action. I got Jameer Gibbs in a bunch of leagues, too, so hopefully the kid from Detroit pays off. Speaking of leagues, the man that's way out of all of our leagues, Seth Slakehouse, is also here. And he's wearing an uh, orange shirt. Is that an orange shirt, Seth? Or is that a red shirt? This is a... This is a red shirt um, okay. from the stray sheep from a little video game you may have heard of called Catherine. Okay, I see. I see. Yeah, got this at PAX East 2013. Nice. Piece Probably of my favorite shirt of all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 years old, still hanging together. I, I, I really should look into who made this shirt because I have worn this shirt to death. I mean, this is... I've worn this shirt, shirt like all time. Yeah. And I love it. How many craps games? have you taken wearing that shirt? I don't know. I don't know. George, I almost called you George Coach. I know. Um, <laughs> more than 10. Okay. You think that has damaged that shirt in any way? Like today? Yeah. I mean, more than 10 today? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Big day. <laughs> Yesterday was Labor Day. That you know went to a picnic. And a, lot, a lot of things going on. Big, big um, day. Big, big day in the land of um, plumbing and sewage in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Let me just say that. That macaroni now, uh, salad sitting out in the sun for five hours will do it to you. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the week old pizza that I ate at my refrigerator yesterday. I think that's what got me. Um, but other than that, I'm doing really good. I, uh, I got my Reaper to level 80 today, uh, in Final Fantasy. So I'm, I'm real excited about that. And, uh, I'm going to hit 81 next. So that's, that's awesome. That's generally, what, that's generally what comes after shortly, 80. So shortly after that, one might even say you're yeah. going to hit 82. You could, you could surmise that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the hit, uh, critically acclaimed. MMORPG Final Fantasy 14 that everybody should be playing right now, but we are not talking about that no. on this episode. We are continuing where we left off last week with our Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy rewatch revisitation here with the finale 
of the nine episodes, episode nine, Rise of Skywalker, which um, Seth's clearly ready for. He's, you know, if you're not watching the video, he has a lightsaber in hand. He's got a, a, a clone trooper helmet on no, his head. That's not just a clone trooper. Who is it? Bro, that's um that's the Bible first, bro. That's the Sokus troopers, right? Yeah. So there you go. Because they split off. Sorry if you haven't seen that episode yet. But I haven't see. seen that yet, so I'm very distraught right now. I, so I'm just gonna keep chugging <laughs> along. I uh <laughs> I, I had to I had to mute the mic because otherwise the lightsaber would probably blow all your eardrums out. So can I go get one of my helmets? And, I mean, no one's stopping me. I mean, what, what's funny is, like, in high school, I was the nerdiest person in my friend group at all times, right? Because, like, I liked comics, I liked Star Wars, I, I liked video games. And, like, there were people who liked video games, but they were still, like, cooler than me and, and liked video games. Um, this podcast, man, I'm not the nerdiest person on this podcast. It feels great. Thanks, Seth. Love you, bud. Hey, listen. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I was a closet nerd all through high school. Uh, I was an out out in the open nerd all through high yeah. school. We should we should actually do like a high school episode one of these days when we don't have anything to talk about. Bro. Late December. Yes. I've also got Seth is finding something. He's finding something. Also has the longest cord ever for I his think, headset. Very nice. I think okay. I uh, I showed you guys this right, like because yeah. Caitlin got me this for uh, my birthday. Pretty sweet. Yeah. This is the other five hundred first helmet. Is that uh, Rex? Yes, this is Rex. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Do you ever think about just like... Had enough. Do you you ever think about just going out with that on? You know, walking the streets, just enjoying life? No. Okay. Despite despite the massive visor on both of them, the the visibility is extremely low. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, here we go. Here we go. There's the man with the First Order helmet. Wow. Non-canon, but loves the First Order. From the hit uh, movie, Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, which we're talking about on this episode, came out, gosh, when was it? 2019, December 2019. So it actually hasn't been that long. It's only been about three and a half years, almost four years. Actually, I take that back. The the Rise of Skywalker feels like it came out a decade ago. I mean... It does. So much has happened since then. That was right before COVID, right before the pandemic started, just a few months before. So, which is no, it's actually when the pandemic started because I remember this was when I was hosting Pub Trivia, and every other team name was like coronavirus in Lime. You know, like it was just like all these puns about about COVID, and like I had to put a moratorium on COVID related names because I was so sick. Because like everyone just made like the same five jokes every week at Pub Trivia. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, you can do it. I'm just never going to choose you for winning best team name. So that's just like a round of shots you're just giving up. And I remember like leaving Pub Trivia to go see this movie. Nice. Yeah. Good shit. Pretty sweet. Yeah. So, you know, we're here to talk about it. Last week, we started off with kind of our broad thoughts and then went into the um, kind of a, a general overview of the plot, touching on different plot points on the way. So let's start with that again. And coach, I want to start with you since you were not on last episode. What do you think just overall about Star Wars episode nine? Ooh, it is a mess. Like story wise, it was just a mess. 
um, disappointing. But it, you know what's funny is like the first 24, 48 hours, it didn't really sink in, right? All the issues because it looked nice. It looked good. Uh, the one thing that got me that was the um, the Death Star sitting in the ocean, you know? That, I thought that was the coolest looking, you know, scene, right? You see part of it. But as you watch it again, you just realize that just what a mess. It was a mess from the beginning to the end. That's my, like, initial thoughts george what about you i'm kind of with coach i think so much of this movie is good but i don't know if it's necessarily a good movie and uh i rewatched it finished it probably an hour ago was when i finally rolled credits on it it was better than i was expecting it to be and there's so many just cool scenes i'm not going to get into it because we're going to go through it but i think i said this on the last podcast we did about uh the last jedi where it's like man if this shit was on mute and you can just like kind of make up your own details to it. Uh, it's a, I think it's great. Like if they recut a bunch of this, these scenes and made like, you know how they would like recut Dragon Ball Z and make AMVs on YouTube. Like if you, you could AMV the shit out of this movie and like, it would look really good set to music. Although the John Williams score is better than I remember. I thought he phoned it in. I think we talked about that um, on a previous podcast, but I like the little modifications he makes to raise theme throughout. Um, that was easily a highlight, but no, it was better than I remember. N- not nearly as important to me as, uh, the previous movies were to, to younger me. That's a, a, I think I can officially say that's a me thing, not a star Wars thing. And it took, it took some swings and it took some shortcuts and I like the swings and I hate the shortcuts. Seth. Um, yeah, I I remember when I went to the theater, I walked away from this feeling extremely positive because it like it was such a slap in the face to the Last Jedi, and then you know when I remember watching it and being like, "This is moving pretty quick, isn't it?" Um, and like I was telling you guys when we were talking about it earlier today, it was definitely reeks of like two or maybe even three movies like absolutely just smashed together and um, desperation to make a coherent ending to this trilogy. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree with, uh, with the sentiment though that there, there is a lot of really cool scenes and a lot of really cool things introduced in this movie that they, they really missed out by expanding upon more. Um, for instance, uh, Poe's girlfriend in the movie, what's her name? Z- Z- Zoe? Zora, Zora Bliss. Zora Bliss, yeah. Um, she's like a really cool character, and you learn nothing about her in this movie. Nope. Um, and it, she just pop, comes out of nowhere, pops up at the end again, and that's it. <laughs> it's like, okay. I had, I had to tweet that out today when I was rewatching it. I was like, what is the point of having Carrie Russell in your movie if you're not going to do a goddamn thing with her? She is excellent. She's such a good actress and she just does nothing except she just sounds cool she just looks cool which most of the time is enough but like come on man like you you went back to like all the old star wars shit and i feel like you just didn't do a good job of like filling up the coffers for the next generation and like this character could have been something for the next generation well that was that was something that i walked away from this movie thinking was that like shot for shot 
I think this feels a lot like classic Star Wars. Like when you when you're going through and watching it in the scenes, and like there, there's a there's a lot to really like about this movie. I think, but they just don't fit together. And I think that if Disney had the 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 foresight to release the apparently there was almost a four hour cut of this movie that they cut down to was it two hours and twenty three minutes, yeah. and you can really feel it. But I'd be really interested to see what was in that four hour cut, because I think a a little more length would have made a huge, a huge difference in this movie. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I kind of pretty much agree with everything you guys said, like Seth mentioned when I, I remember when I watched this in the theater, I walked out thinking, man, that movie was fantastic. And for me, it hasn't aged quite as well. Um, I, you know, rewatching it. I think this is the first time I've ever rewatched it. I don't think I ever watched it again after the watching it in the theater. I just basically what you guys said is spot on. I mean, I feel like parts of this movie feel like they were written by chat GPT. I mean, we were just talking about that off air beforehand. Like it just feels at times, frankly, like a bunch of nonsense. The, the overall like scenes, the visuals, and what you mentioned, Seth, it feeling like a Star Wars movie, I agree with, but it's just really what it comes down to, to for me here. Like the biggest problem is just the writing is frankly all over the place. I mean, there are just constant plot holes oh, yeah. even within the movie. I mean, not even referencing seven and, and eight, there are plot holes that just pop up all over the place for no reason at all. So, I think it's yeah. fine. I don't think it's bad, but of the the sequel trilogy, personally, it's my least favorite. So, dude, as far as the plot holes go, like one of the main like points of the movie with the dagger doesn't even make sense. No, this ancient Sith dagger that somehow lines up with the wreckage of the Death Star. <laughs> That's- random right planet like, that's the, it doesn't make any sense at all they just there's, there's, knew it was gonna be there thousands of years later yeah there, <laughs> it, it just it's it's a completely nonsense like it feels like a first grader wrote it honestly it's like oh this is sweet like a dagger you know like yeah. i don't know and it had to be right in that exact spot too, yes right so I, it's just yeah okay i your your points are well met. I completely understand that shit is ridiculous. However, how how much how much does that really matter? I gotta be honest. I mean, I feel really like it, it matters a whole lot. It bothered the, me quite this a bit. Random dagger, like like the, the just it doesn't make sense. Like the Death Star blew up what twenty years ago at this point, and this dagger that's an ancient Sith dagger from thousands of years ago. It just so happens to line up and like it, it's the perfect. And by the way, what did the dagger even do? What? I thought it was I thought it was modified by Ochi of Bestoon. I thought that was the whole point of the dagger. But maybe I, now I you know I just watched it earlier. What did the dagger even do? What was the point of the it dagger? Pointed at, like, when they lined it up, the little attachment and the hilt expanded out and pointed at where the wayfinder oh, yeah. is in the wreckage. Okay. That doesn't. That's why I don't think it's. It gets destroyed. Like I think it's. I think it's a modified ancient dagger. I don't think they like foretold That's the true. Death Star crashing thousands why? of years in the future. Uh, I guess. But That's at the so same weird. time, though, why would you know what? We'll talk about this later. Let's get. Yeah. Let's get into the plot, uh, if that's good with you guys. Unless you guys have any more broad. Yeah. Uh, no. Let's let's go. Let's, let's send it here. 
All right. So this, okay. <laughs> For me, this is issue number one with this movie. It just starts off with Palpatine's back. Like yeah. zero to 60 for no reason whatsoever. That's literally how the movie opens. It felt like they drew straws to figure out who was going to be the person to say the dumbest fucking line in the movie. Too. <laughs> Somehow, but, Palpatine returned. The, the opening is like, like the opening crawl literally says, and I can't remember exactly the, the text, but it's like the dead speak or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it that, ends is with, act, that is that uh, is actually what it says. The dead speak. The galaxy yeah. just heard a mysterious broadcast, a threat of revenge in the voice of the Emperor yeah. Palpatine. What's, what do you mean a mysterious broadcast? Like everyone in the galaxy just heard it, or like did it come across the radios? You know, what does it, <laughs> what does that mean? I think, I think that's what it's saying. They were all this watching actually, TV and they just saw Palpatine pop up for a second there. Before we even get into like the whole somehow Palpatine's return part, like yeah. this is actually where I disagree with Seth about like how this feels like an old Star Wars movie. I think this movie does way too much shit that doesn't feel like Star Wars, but like I'm trying to decide how I really feel about it. Where like in the opening scene you see Kylo Ren just like on some planet just mowing people down, right? And like it does a whole bunch of like slow motion mm like yeah, jumps right where like all of a sudden it's like regular speed and then it slows down when he's doing like a killing stroke or something and then it's like basically a montage from there where it's like showing <laughs> him doing that into him traveling through the unknown regions or whatever and then going to exegol and like i'm like they don't it's not very star wars like they do like really weird like you know wipes across yeah. the screen or, or like you know center pullouts or whatever like they don't do super advanced filmmaking shit because it's supposed to feel like something from the thirties. And I feel like this is, this movie is not the prettiest movie. I think we established, or at least I established that like, in my opinion, that that was the last Jedi. I just think that movie has like the best art direction of any of these new uh, sequel trilogy movies. And this one's probably like the best shot action movie, but like it, I don't think it, feels inherently Star Wars because of all the advancements that they acknowledge. And I, I feel bad for saying that. I'm like, yeah, you should be moving forward. But my God, not this much. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I feel like this is really, I mean, it just starts on a bad note for me in hindsight. I mean, there's no, and I, I know that this is all the, 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 at the end of the day, Disney did not have a plan for these movies. And that's really what it comes down to. And that is so evident when there is literally no buildup to Palpatine whatsoever in the first two movies. And suddenly it's just like, oh, he's here. He's the big bad guy. It, it doesn't make sense. Um, I mean, which clearly it's not supposed to. He's just there for the sake of being there. And it just starts off poorly for me in that way. And it's it's a big issue I have with this movie in general. I really don't think Palpatine should have been in this movie in any sense, personally. So, um, Sorry, I cut out there for a second. I just wanted to, I just wanted to chime in and say... This planet that uh, Kylo Ren starts out on is Mustafar. Did you guys know that? <laughs> really? Yeah, that, they don't Mus make that clear It's Mustafar. Yeah, no, I, f I forget. Uh, it was either in the novelization or something. But yeah, th this is Mustafar. Um, and they never reference that. And they never say that. And that, that's, that's a really important planet. Yeah. You'd think you would want that known. Do you think they uh, don't because it looks nothing at all like Mustafar and there's no explanation for why it shifted from being like a lava planet to a weird ashy graveyard? Well, I assumed it was just a different part of the planet. That's what, that's what I assumed. But I thought it was lava everywhere. 
Never, never got a great indication from George Lucas that it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this opening sequence, like we're talking about here, Kylo Ren is kind of doing his own deal. He has this Sith Wayfinder, which is very important because it'll point uh, people to Exegol, which is this planet where Palpatine has been hiding out, essentially, you know, creating his his new army of, of uh, Star Destroyers and... He unveils this whole plan to create the quote-unquote final order, which can I just say, what a stupid freaking name. And um, he also unveils to Kylo Ren that he created Snoke. And finally, kind of the, the ending of this sequence, he, he asks, or, or orders rather, Kylo to go and kill uh, Rey. So what do we think? I mean, there's so much to unpack here, honestly, just in this opening sequence. I think, let me ask you guys this. Coach, what do you think about the whole thing now, you know, four or five years later of Palpatine creating Snoke as a plot point? I think it it's uh, quick and easy. I think it was something that they were able to come up with that would fit in such a small amount of time with what they were given with episodes seven and eight. Yeah. Right? Because they, they, they had Snoke. And there was a lot of uh, talk. There was a lot of excitement about Snoke after um, The Force Awakens. Like, who is this guy, right? There was. And then all of a sudden, you get sliced in half, right? In the second movie. And uh, and then now, it's, it's... I don't know. I think it was just bad writing. I think it was just as bad. And Seth, you'll agree with me here, as when they put Leia in Ben's little uh jacket going through um the uh the little base mm. like it's just bad writing it, it was it was bad yeah writing. but the difference was that, that was purposefully comedic this is just i don't think that was supposed um, to be purposely comedic you don't think so no i think it was just bad writing but anyways <laughs> okay. um it was like uh they used it because they knew it would get the old fans excited. They used Palpatine to get everybody on board. Yeah, I think. Well, I think That's this what was. I, I think this was retcon number one. Frankly, with Snoke, I think it was a matter of everyone was complaining, like, why would they kill Snoke so easily in Episode Eight? How did this happen so quickly? And to me, the way I read it is, JJ was like, oh, well. He died easily because he was just a pawn. Like, he didn't really matter, which is so disappointing to me. But <laughs> um, after the fact, though, they, they didn't confirm this in the movie. Didn't they confirm that Snoke is essentially like a, a, a false clone of... Like of a failed clone of Palpatine. Palpatine, yeah. yeah. Okay. Did we talk about that last week? I can't remember. I thought, I thought that was just, yeah, I think we did. Um, yeah, because there was a discussion on whether... Palpatine was like controlling him or if he was his own individual and it, yeah he was his own individual with false memories and everything implanted in him okay and then just to confirm Wait. I know we'll talk about this later but while we're on this topic Ray's father is also a clone of Palpatine correct yeah I failed one but oh, man. I like the idea of Palpatine you know Sheev just going around the galaxy just fucking just fucking bang, just banging out, you know, laying, laying his pipe. Um, space pipe. 
if I remember correctly, and I forget where this was too, I, th- I think Ray's father was not a force sensitive clone. He was just like a right, like a like a like a clone that didn't have the force sensitivity. So that's why they kind of kicked him to the curb. Is it is it too late to say Emperor Pipatine? <laughs> Pipatine. <laughs> Which, by the way, again, key point here, the stuff that we're talking about, never mentioned in the movie. Right. Never mentioned at all. I think it's the novelization where a lot of this information comes from. Yeah. So, you know, just anybody have any additional thoughts on that opening sequence? Um, just, just dumb. Just really dumb. Like, like is like, like Palpatine's just sitting there waiting for him to show up? You know, and who are the people there? Who are they? Exactly. Thank what you. is the deal with that? You yeah, know? Did they, is that that's never explained. I wasn't sure about that. The people that are like in the crowd sitting near him. Is that I remember there's like about? some sort of like explanation in one of the art books or something of, of like like a little like like paragraph of who these people are. But I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, it <laughs> made no so sense. Should have been explained yeah. in the movie if they were pertinent in any way. So, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, basically, it shifts along there with um, Poe and Finn, you know, getting some intelligence from who they understand as a spy in the First Order, basically explaining what I just explained, that Palpatine's on Exegol, and um, pretty interesting. You know, it sets up a, a plot point that'll come up later on with the spy. And then... This scene is awesome. It, no, it is. It's a great... It's shot really well. Well, I shouldn't even say shot because it's all CGI. But the the way it plays out is 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 really well done, in my opinion. Which scene? Where they're on like that little ice. It's it's not even yeah, like, like a planet. It's like a no. It's like an asteroid or something. It's ice mining or something. Water mining. And then it's like goes like the chase throughout the facility, right? And then into like the light speed skipping. Yeah. Did you like the light speed skipping? I did. Yeah. Personally. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool too. What, what don't I you like about it, Coach? Um, that you have to have coordinates and shit, right? You, I mean, right. That, that's it why it was cool. so dangerous, right? That mm. that's why they was like, you can't light speed skip, and he's like, well, I, I just did it. Yeah, I wasn't fond of it, but that's just me. Yeah. So, and again, keep in mind, I'm I'm kind of skimming along here. So, if there's anything in between these plot points that anybody has any interest in talking about, just bring it up, and we can make sure we hit it. But um, no, I, just um, oh, go ahead. Just just want to say that that one planet in the skipping that was Cloud City, right? I think so. Like Bespin, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I thought. Yeah, that was my understanding. Which makes sense because they show it later in the movie. Yeah, that's true. I thought it was pretty cool yeah. that. It's like nice little callback. So obviously, Ray is kind of aware of this whole situation, and she starts to um, read some of, I guess, what are Luke's notes about a Sith wayfinder that can take them to to Exegol, and eventually, I think it's like in his notes or something. He talks in Luke's notes. He talks about how he last left off his trail to find a Sith Wayfinder on Pasana. And so Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewbacca, BB-8, C-3PO, they all head that way. And do they ever explain any, in any way whatsoever why Luke would even be looking for this thing? Uh, no, but I just assumed it was because he was trying to like eliminate all 
I don't I mean, I don't know. It just it, it, like he's the only person examining like Ranger and like force user relics, that's right? True. So that's true. I just kind of assumed he was like trying to get as much information as possible. Did you guys ever play Battlefront 2, the um campaign? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so remember when he met up with um the one guy who turned good and he was he went to that one world and he got that relic, that Sith relic. Yeah. I think that's what he was doing during that time was just going around trying to search for like different relics. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I just I I'm I'm trying to figure out why this plot worked so well in the expanded universe and it doesn't work in this context and i just feel like is there more of a higher expectation for writing in movies you think because this is almost cool you know palpatine returns in in the the old content as well and no one really yeah no one really batted an eye it's like okay you know that's pretty cool but but now like 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 somehow palpatine returned is like a joke right so i don't know i think because it was written in books right yeah um people felt like they gave it more of a pass yeah possibly i don't know but i get what you're saying i for me i think the big issue here like i mentioned at the top of the show is like this is the grand finale of the whole series quote unquote at least the the, the skywalker saga as they call it and like it just comes out of nowhere that's my biggest problem is just it doesn't it doesn't build the way that i i i feel like it should have personally yeah so i think i think you're right so i also think there's a huge thing where it's like at least for me as a kid like i i was able to understand that like the movies were real like the movies were what mattered and like the comics the games that was all like extra and like i kind of treated that like a what if i was like oh this is like what most likely happened like between the movies after the movies all that stuff and so i think also at that point in time you're just so hard up for star wars shit and i I think we talked about this when we were trying to read through the Light of the Jedi book, like when it first came out. But like, so much of Star Wars to me is seeing it and just like seeing the crazy world and all, all the cool shit that's there. So, um, like the comics were huge to me as a kid. Like that was what got me into comic books was the Dark Empire comic series. Just like seeing that at the grocery store and like begging for it because it said Star Wars. And I don't know. Um, I think I think you're right. I think it is like. A higher bar for live action stuff because that's yeah. supposed to feel real. That's supposed to be what's important. So, just a, a couple quick comments before, because where we leave off on them going out to find the the Sith Wayfinder, right? Yeah, yeah, we haven't really gotten to the planet yet. Okay. Um, as far as I know, and I really, I really tried to figure this out. I think when they land the Millennium Falcon, and um, Poe comes out and talks to Ray. That is the first on-screen conversation Poe has with Ray in Episode Nine. They they don't talk at all or have any sort of communication in Episode Seven or Eight. I think this is the first time they talk, they even have a conversation in the sequel trilogy. No, really I weird. think they got into an argument when they went to the main base after they were lights jumping, skip jumping, or whatever. That's what I'm saying. That's what he's talking about, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about when they were at the. So we've we've got this main outside. this main 
trilogy of characters or a, a cast of characters, three of them, right? And two of them, this is the first time they have any sort of conversation whatsoever. And I'm almost positive about that because I, I, I ran through the timeline in my head when I was watching this and I'm like, I, I can't think of a single other conversation they've had before this. I think that's really weird. Um, the next thing I wanted to comment on was the training scene with Ray and Leia. As far as I know, was cut content from episode seven that they really? repurposed to use in I th- episode nine. I yes. think you're right, actually, because in hindsight, and I should have brought this up, this is the first movie that was filmed following Carrie Fisher's death. So I know that they used a bunch of unused footage and old footage yes. from episode seven for this movie. And I, I want to say you're correct that that was that they confirmed that that entire sequence was unused from episode seven which is unfortunate because if we had um leia training ray in episode seven a whole lot more of the sequel trilogy would have made a lot more sense yeah yeah and i will say this too i mean obviously you can't control um somebody's passing in real life but i I will tell you that there are times throughout this movie where I felt some of the stuff with Carrie Fisher was very strange. I mean, yeah. you, you could tell, I think it's even right before they, they go to Pasana. There's a whole conversation she has with Leia Ray and you can tell it's reused footage because it's like her responses don't really make sense. And Leia's and she's just kind of there and I, I don't know I just I, I don't know how to feel about her presence in this movie I mean I know they were trying to keep her in for the sake of like I don't know I guess not killing her off screen uh, in the in the following of Carrie Fisher's passing but I still felt very awkward I guess at times for lack of a better word yeah yeah I mean I think honestly in the whole sequel trilogy um Carrie Fisher's presence and acting feels odd, especially in episode seven. I feel like they were really working around her in episode seven and it's, it's nothing against her. It's just, she hadn't acted in, in in what years. Right. So, yeah. So, and, and, and she was sick at the time and she just, she, she wasn't coming off like her old self, like Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill are, are both very, you know, healthy and, and, and and good actors. And, um, Carrie Fisher just wasn't up to that level because she hadn't done anything in, in Hollywood. I don't think she did anything in Hollywood since like the eighties. Right. No, she done random shit. Like she was, but, you know, she was on like an episode of 30 rock as like Liz's like mentor for an episode when she was supposed mm-hmm. to be like some writer from the seventies or whatever. Like she would do like little bit parts like that. And then obviously like so many random cameos just for like star Wars related shit. Right. You, right. You know, like like, I think she and Billy D. Williams were both in that movie Fanboys, which if you guys haven't seen it, we should actually maybe talk about that movie for this podcast, too. Where it's about those friends who try to break into Skywalker Ranch to steal a copy of episode one before it's released. <laughs> I've never, seen, I've never seen it. Uh, it's, I always count that in my Star Wars marathon. Like, I watch that before I watch episode one. <laughs> it's not very good, but I really like it. It's like the Rogue One of the prequel trilogy. Kind of, yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, now that you put it like that, yeah. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to point those two things out because I think it's very weird that Oscar Isaac doesn't have a scene with Daisy Ridley until episode nine. It and is. um 
And also, I think it's very weird that they had training footage of Ray and Leia from episode seven that they didn't use until episode nine because everyone complained about how Ray just had this magical ability to use force and it would have made a whole lot more sense in episode seven. Like, what, what are they doing here? Yeah. You know, what, who is overseeing these projects? Anyway, continue, Austin. I'm sorry. No, that's for, so for true, though, because it would have set up her abilities far better. I mean, it just would have made sense from a character building standpoint. Anyway. Um, yeah, so they go to Pasana. This is kind of that, like, desert planet. There's, like, a huge, like, festival or something going on when they show up. Mm. My favorite line is Poe telling Chewie, keep your head down because there are first order you know people patrols everywhere meanwhile everybody else is just nonchalantly walking with their standard like resistance clothing on but he for some yeah. reason decides to single out chewy for no reason whatsoever aside from the fact that he's tall so he's, he's fucking eight feet tall man i think that's why <laughs> so this is i, I just want to say right at the bat like i love this part of the movie um in pisana i think it's so cool it feels um very star warsy to me I love the banter between the uh, main characters, especially when they're in the cave and yep. like Finn is trying to say something to Ray. We're assuming that he's trying to confess his love for Ray. I don't know. It's what it came off to to me. And um, Poe's like, me waiting for a moment when Poe's not here. Is that what we're doing at the end of the world? Keeping <laughs> secrets? I'm like, that's awesome. That is hilarious. It was a good line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also, I love the, the native species on that planet, how they were like animatronic, like yeah, aardvarks kind of right, like mm-hmm. without like a long snout. Uh, that's one thing I do have in this movie is the creature design and the fact that it is. And like, I'm not shitting on Last Jedi for this or Force Awakens for this because I actually do think they did a good job of like doing practical effects. But uh, no other movie gives a shit about practical effects, so I especially want to shout that out here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. This is where um, Kylo, and, and the, to me, this is a plot hole. I don't know if you guys read it this way, but this is where Kylo, once again, just like in episode eight, once they're on this planet, um, uses his apparent force bond with Rey to figure out her location when he reaches out and grabs a necklace that she's wearing that was just given to her by one of those native um, people on the planet and pulls it through their bond and somehow grabs it himself and keeps it and they're able to i guess identify the location i don't know if i should be reading it this way or if it even matters but the whole force bond thing doesn't make sense to me if it was snoke's doing but now snoke is gone unless like palpatine just was like oh i'm gonna do it again i i don't know maybe i'm yeah, overthinking I, that um, but i i don't mean to just step in here i don't i don't understand what this movie was doing with the force listen like i'm i'm a huge fan of the expanded universe right and all these things that happen in this movie are part of the expanded universe like force healing and all the nonsense right um the 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 teleportation of items and stuff but like it doesn't it doesn't make sense with what we've seen of star wars previously in 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 the cinematic sense in, in in a new canon especially um like the force healing that Ray uses just comes out of nowhere. And Ray learned all her what she learned, right, from Leia and Luke. And Luke learned from limited training with Yoda and presumably like the like, you know, the ghost of Kenobi and and stuff like that. Um you 
one of my biggest issues with modern Star Wars is the disrespect to the world building and lore. And you cannot have the 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 Republic of like the Jedi, right? Not be able to force heal. And then all of a sudden Ray shows up six movies later and she's like, oh, yeah, I just no big deal. Just like transfer some of my life force to him. Just like a little bit of essence there. Don't worry about it. It's like, hey, man, uh, that's a big deal. Where did that come from? You know, is this just like an innate ability you have or what's going on here? Because she uses it three times throughout the movie and it doesn't make sense. And then Kylo can use it later on. But we'll get to there. Yeah. But um, it's like a, it's like a really big deal if you care about like the world building of Star Wars and it doesn't it just comes out of nowhere. So I just want to say that. And also the dryad thing, the oh they're the force dryad. That that and the, that's the pairing that you're talking about. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere as well, and it doesn't. It's never explained other than the um, Sith Eternal, which are those people that that worship Palpatine. They were experimenting with with like that, I guess. But yeah, and and that that's never expanded upon either. So I don't know, Coach. You're pretty quiet over there, buddy. What do you think of Force Healing as as, as an old school fan? Well. The fact that was one of my biggest issues is out of nowhere she can do this, you know. And again, to me, that's just bad writing. Like we don't see how she learned. I don't care if she knows it, but at least have some backstory on that. Show us something where at the beginning she's training and possibly she's trying to heal someone but can't, and they pass or something like that. And so when she does it, we're excited because she can actually. You know, she went over the, she got over the hump that whatever right. it was, was stopping her. But we didn't get that. It's just like, you know, she starts out OP and there's no issues. Everything comes so easy to her, right? And she's like, boop, so, just, did, just did that. Don't right. worry about it. Boop. Healed that yeah. thing. I forget <laughs> if this line comes up before when Kylo goes and talks to Palpatine or if it's later on. I know there's a part where Pal- uh, Kylo's like standing on his ship. And he somehow converses with Palpatine, like through the force or something. But Palpatine says a line to him, you know, because obviously, again, he's asking Kylo to go kill her. He says, she'll never be a Jedi. But I'm like, we're talking about all this force stuff and like seeing her abilities in this movie. Dude, she literally already is one. Like she's fully powered, like stronger than almost every other Jedi we've ever seen on screen. So. Yeah. No, imagine if Anakin could use Force Heal, right? Like, right. Trilogy solved. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not a big deal. That's true. So, or if he couldn't because he wasn't as good of a Jedi as Ray. I think, I think that's what we're. Oh, all that's true. He was easy money. You're gonna you're gonna light the the the, the fan base aflame. <laughs> the ghost of Qui Gon Jinn is stirring, dude. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's continue along here. So they're on this this desert planet. They, again, they're picking up where Luke left off, trying to find this uh, Sith Wayfinder, and they get some help from Lando Calrissian, who shows up out of nowhere on this planet. Why is he there? I don't know. I know he was helping Luke there find the Sith Wayfinder. Did he get trapped there and just never left? That's kind of what it seems like. Didn't he say that Leia sent him a message that they could use help? Yeah, he does say that in the town. So that's the problem. Like that's why I don't like this movie is because like you you didn't fucking watch it. I think well, is the problem. Also, but there's um, the problem. The problem though, George, <laughs> is like he can say that, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been on the planet already. 
I don't know. I mean, he looks like I mean, it looks like it's fucking Burning Man in outer space. <laughs> yeah, and like true. good Burning Man, not that's like true. 2023 Burning Man, like top tier Burning Man. It's what Fire Festival was supposed mind. to be. And if <laughs> yeah. we know anything about Lando, yeah, fucks everything. That's a good point. You know, <laughs> like he'll change. party. Lando likes to party. So they become aware of this this dagger. They go find it. Uh, that's where the the force healing comes up for the first time with this little underground worm thing. She uh, Ray heals this worm and it goes away. And then they get this dagger. And this is where it's unveiled that C three PO can read it, but he can't tell anybody what it says <laughs> because, because it's written in I forget what Sith they call language. ancient Sith language yeah he's forbidden translate i kind of love this i know it's stupid but i kind of love this i know i actually somewhat enjoy that plot point i was like oh that's mildly amusing yeah <laughs> and he throws in too he's like i forget what the exact line is but he says something about ever since the old republic droids have not been allowed to to mm-hmm. translate this language or something i was like oh that's it's an interesting reference i like yeah. that yeah so yeah, he's, he's so funny because he's like, "Yeah, I know exactly what it says. I know where I know where we need to go, but I can't tell you." Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's classic. That's like, a, yeah, that's classic three PO, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that all goes down. They're trying to basically get out because I I forget if they've already talked about it at this point, but they're going to go to another planet and basically, or you know what? No, that hasn't happened yet. They're trying to get out so that they can get to the the wayfinder and. They're about to get on this little side ship, but Ray senses uh, Kylo on the way, and so she kind of gets out and walks into the desert. And I think it's um, I forget. I, I think it's Poe tells Chewie to go to go tell Ray to get back inside the ship, and they're just gonna leave. Well, Chewie goes and gets himself captured, and Ray decides to have a one-on-one with the Tie Fighter. Which oh, this scene is so cool, dude. It it, it really is. Okay, it's cool, but I just gotta say, literally two minutes before the desert scene, Kylo's talking to Ray, and he says, "I wrote this down. I'll bring you to the dark side," and he specifically says, "Like I'm not gonna kill you." Yet he's f- just absolutely plowing at her with the freaking <laughs> Tie Fighter. With like no no attempt to stop whatsoever, so I don't. That was kind of a, a plot hole in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know if it was a plot hole so much as like he probably he wanted to see what she was gonna do. Maybe um, he says it later the, in the movie. He was pushing her, right? Yeah, that's true. But what happened after that? Like it exploded, and he walks out like, dude, yeah, oh, he's Kylo Ren. He's the coolest guy he's in Star fine. Wars. He's fine. He's the second most powerful Jedi after Ray. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely, dude. But, but this scene when she like starts running in the same direction and then jumps over and and like slices the wing, so cool. Like, why didn't she have more cool stuff like this happen? And so like the dumb stuff. I mean, I think like this particular scene is like, in my opinion, probably the coolest scene Ray has in the entire trilogy. Like this is yeah. this is like a really quality uh, scene, and I, I love it. And you know what? I actually, I actually love this whole sequence that, that that happens in the next five minutes or so. I think it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I know a lot of people hate it, so see one. Yeah. So what you're discussing here is, um, it appears Chewy. as though the first order is taking Chewie in a prisoner ship up to their star destroyer, I guess, and 
Ray attempts to use the force and hold on to that ship and pull it back down so that they can't take Chewie. Well, Kylo's also doing his own little thing over there with the force on that ship. And eventually it, it ends up with Ray for the first time using force lightning hitting the ship and it just absolutely exploding. And of course, everybody thinks Chewie's dead. And that's kind of how all that goes. So, <laughs> um, they eventually do get off the planet, though. And that's kind of how that, that set piece wraps up. Dude, Chewbacca was definitely supposed to die here. He was. That was definitely the original. And, and they definitely went back and rewrote it. Yes. There's no way. That's that's one of my biggest problems with this movie is that like nothing matters, right? Nothing. It doesn't commit to every anything. consequence. Every consequence they set up is immediately rejected, and that's super annoying. Well, that and everything set up in the Last Jedi was also like immediately rejected, and like he can say like, yeah, I love that because like fuck Ryan Johnson or whatever, but like it waters down just the brand in general. If like you're willing to commit something to film, and then all of a sudden. A year later, like, oh, I was wrong. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, this is actually what's happening. You know, like, I just think it shows, like, a com complete lack of confidence in what's supposed to be the most recognizable, the most important IP of the last 60 years. Well, I mean, there was just clear, so, so clearly no oversight to any of this anyway. So, I don't, I mean... It's very odd because you have two uh, directors here that are consistently giving middle fingers to each other. And I just feel like, where was the oversight? Where was the overall plan? Where was anything? Um, so, yeah, that, I don't know, man. I was texting you guys earlier. Another big uh, problem I have just on that note that we haven't mentioned yet is, and because it, it's not really brought up, is the fact that when Ray first appears, um, she's like in her training sequence earlier on in the movie and she has still anakin's lightsaber the blue lightsaber that split in half into a yeah, bunch, prepared. Of, bunch of pieces in the last movie during like a pivotal moment and it's just it's fine it's fine no issues yeah fuck fuck ryan johnson right no issues yeah <laughs> what um, i want to know is where luke's green lightsaber is right why no one went back for that right. that's the cooler lightsaber she even was back freaking on the the planet he was on and yeah it's just gone yeah. i don't know we know it's aerodynamic because r2 shot out of the top of his dome that was really cool that was really cool <laughs> um okay so we're talking about chewbacca and again speaking of not committing i wrote this down chewbacca quote unquote dies at 41 minutes into the movie he is alive at 43 minutes into the movie was that true? It was really only two minutes. It was literally went... two minutes apart that he quote unquote dies and reappears. Uh, well, dude, is that great? One of the things that really bothers me about the Chewbacca death is Ray screams and she's upset about it, but she's upset about it to the point where it's like, I'm having a pretty bad day at work. You know, like she's that level of upset. <laughs> and they, 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 they pretty much are just like, yeah, we can't let Chewie sacrifice himself for nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then they just move on. And I'm like, Okay, this is Chewbacca, you know, like <laughs> show some fucking respect. <laughs> so we get to another planet here because again, uh, when Chewie is taken, he is brought on board a Star Destroyer. He is revealed to be alive, but he is a prisoner of the New Order. 
So he is not with the rest of the crew. And so they also, the New Order also stole that dagger that they had literally just found that that is supposed to be key to finding this Sith Wayfinder. So C-3PO, as we mentioned, unveils, well, I know where it is. I just can't tell you. And so they decide to take him to Kamiji, or K Kijimi, rather, where they are aware of a uh, droid smith who this Wikipedia article does not name, which is a shame, because his name is Babu Frick. The funniest <laughs> part of the whole movie. Like, yes. He was, it, he was such a fun character. Babu Frick is probably, like, one of the best things to come from this movie, and I'm not joking. Like, he... His race is just very amusing to me and i love what they did with him in mandalorian season three as well well yeah it was his spot in mandalorian season three was also funny it was you know it was. when baby yoda gave him that hug was it the hug he gave him yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeps yeah. no baby no baby yeah. or something like that yeah so they they all go there and this is where i think you mentioned this earlier on george they meet um or seth you may have mentioned this too they meet poe's old Compadre, I forget her name. Zora Bliss. Zora Bliss. There you go. But they meet her, and of course they meet Babu Frick, and they go and hack into C3PO, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and they get him to read off the location of the um the uh, Wayfinder. So and they they find out that it's on a, a a moon near Endor, which of course is immediately brought up as like, well, that's where something big happened before. Of course, being the final kind of sequence of Episode Six. So, can I just say, I didn't realize that it was not the Endor that we saw on Episode Six originally. And I was devastated when I saw this movie because I thought what happened was the Death Star wreckage crashed on Endor Dude. and completely wiped out all life. And that is what that planet looks like. I'm Imagine like, oh my that. God. That would have been awesome. There's a comic that talks about that. I believe it's called Apocalypse Endor. Like, oh, like really? Yeah. And that always, like, the etymology of that scene always confused me as a kid. I was like, wait, the forest moon of Endor. Does that mean the moon is called Endor or is it a forest moon <laughs> of the planet? Endor. That was the part, like, little, even as, like, a third grader, I was, like, a, a grammar weirdo, and I was like, wait a second. Where is the shield generator? <laughs> yeah. So, during this whole sequence with the, the dagger and, you know, finding the, the Sith Wayfinder and whatnot, this is where it's unveiled that, um, the, or, or rather, hold on, let me, let me go back. I'm, I missed a point here. They get the data from C-3PO, thanks to Babu Frick, and then they they get up to a First Order Star Destroyer because they are trying to save um, Chewbacca. I, I, honestly, I'm not sure. Why were they going to the Star Destroyer? I can't remember that plot point. I honestly you know I don't can't know. recall. I, I the movie, don't the movie know. makes no sense, so it doesn't matter. I was thinking it was to save Chewbacca, but they didn't know he was alive at that point. So I have no idea. Doesn't, how Ray, going doesn't Ray find out? Like, don't they think that like Kylo Ren's chamber has the the wayfinder or whatever, or like the Maybe. the dagger? The, the, he has something. Well, I remember at one point Ray splits from them and says, "We need the dagger." And he's like, "What are you What are you talking about?" She's like, "Don't worry. I just I just feel we need it." And it's like, 
That was when they were on it, though, right? They were already on the Star Destroyer, I think. Yeah, but that just line like burned my brain a well, little bit when I heard it. Anyway, they leave this. They leave uh, Kijimi, go up to a Star Destroyer. This is where they attempt to rescue uh, Chewbacca, who they apparently at some point find out is alive. And as part of that, this is where um, I think this is the sequence where Kylo Ren has the fight with Rey in his little room. Yeah. When he's not even there. He's on Kijimi. She's in his room. Right. Mm -hmm. So and this is where it's unveiled that she is uh, Palpatine's granddaughter and Ochi, the guy that originally owned that dagger, killed her parents. It's not revealed here. Oh, it's not. It's, no, uh, he just well, he just says, I know what uh, like he, he tells her he knows and that he can tell her the information to, to like meet up with him or whatever. But oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah they have like, real, a weird lightsaber like fight here. Way out of order. <laughs> real, real quick too. Ochi of Bastoon is uh, in like the most current uh, Darth Vader volume. He's a fucking cool character. He's a really cool character in the comic. That's why I kind of don't like that he just like kills Ray's parents. I'm like, oh, but like you're so likable in the comics. Yeah. You're, you're such a cool dude. And you get caught up. I haven't really. Well, continuing Coach, along here, you, yeah. you've been pretty quiet. What, what, what do you feel about these uh, these scenes here? Um, I, re- I just remember at the time I was wondering where where are they going with this? You know what what's happening? What's what are they setting up next? Right, because like, like I think it was Austin, or maybe it was Seth. Everything's moving so fast, right? We just learned Chewie's okay, and now, like you said, there's this weird fight going on between the two of them, and that whole scene was just like, I'm like, what, what, what are we setting this up for? What, what's the purpose? That's, I think that's what I was feeling when I was watching it. Yeah. Earlier on, way at the top of the movie, we got that whole sequence with the the little ice asteroid where I mentioned they were getting some information from a spy about the return mm-hmm. of Palpatine and his location on Exegol. Which, by the way, in hindsight, doesn't even make sense because the opening crawl of the movie says there's a mysterious transmission about the return of Palpatine, yet they needed a spy to tell them that there's... I don't know. Maybe I'm... Do you know who played the spy? Domino Gleason. Mark 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 Hamill. What? What? Yeah, he played the spy. What's like the one that the one that got killed. Oh. The little like um I don't know if it the, was CGI or yeah. whatever the like the little monster yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Okay. But when the war. What they determine though at this point in time, when they're on the Star Destroyer, is that Hux is actually the spy, General Hux, who's been in the past couple movies. Yes. And Hux yes. helps out Poe and Finn and Chewbacca from execution. You know, they're all lined up and about to get shot by some, some stormtroopers. But Hux is like, you know what? Let me do it. And then he shoots the stormtroopers. He helps them escape. He essentially tells them, you know, I don't even want to help you guys, but I really just hate Kylo Ren. So, that, so I made a I made a list of good, bad, and medium shit. Yeah. As I was watching the movie, like literally anytime anything happened, I just like threw it into a category. And there's only two things in like the medium where I'm just like, I don't know how to feel about this. 
And the line, like, I don't care if you win, I just need Kylo Ren to lose. I put that in, like, the medium, because I couldn't tell how I felt about that. And I'm still not sure, hours later. I know. Well, like, in the last movie, I mean, this is one of the things that, like, does carry over from the last movie, right? In the last movie, Kylo Ren, like, forcibly makes him bend the knee to Kylo, to, him, to himself. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I can kind of see that, but at the same time, it's like, are we really going to trust this guy as a spy to double cross? Like, he does. He makes. He's making it very clear he doesn't work for us, or he's not trying to help us. He's just trying to sabotage Kylo Ren. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of the, of, the, of, the, of the plot point. It's not like the much better reveal of a uh, spy in Star Wars Rebels. That don't was a big reveal. Yeah. Don't spoil it. Okay. Ah, oh, but shit, I thought, I'm sorry. I'm like. <laughs> I remember when I saw that. I'm like, come on, man. Like, it, it wasn't even shocking. It wasn't even, like, no way, you know? It, that, that feeling that we got when Chewie died, like, like damn, you know? Like, you, you had a reaction, yeah. an emotional reaction, right? But, but similarly, when, uh, similarly, like, same thing with Chewbacca, where it's, like, minutes after the reveal, he fucking, it's dude, just, like, it's undone. He so gets like, blastered in, like, point? 45 seconds. Yeah. They all get <sighs> off the ship, and then this other general guy, I don't even know the guy's name, He's the dude from Doctor Who, and he plays old Loki on hit television show Loki. He's a great actor, but he just blows away Hux just immediately. So, which is, I guess, fine. I don't know. It it feels a little... It was just a check-the-box type of moment. Okay, we gotta have this, so how can we do it? Oh, okay, well, let's use this character, and, and how can we fit it in? Well, let's try this. Okay, it looks okay, so let's do it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm not super fond of that whole plot point, because you're right. You guys are right for me. It just wasn't really that surprising. It was kind of just like, oh, this guy that's been in the past two movies that nobody really cares about is the spy. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I'm an idiot. It didn't, it didn't, I didn't see it coming at all. But also, I didn't care because I didn't care about General Hux at all. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. So, well, they, they get off the Star Destroyer and they make their way um, to, like I said, a moon in the Endor system. And I'm not sure if that, that moon is ever named. I could be wrong, but I don't know if they ever. Forest moon. Yeah, the forest moon. Yeah, so. Ray shows up, or they all show up, rather. Uh, one interesting thing here that comes out of nowhere is uh, Finn comes across this group of people who are also all uh, First Order kind of runaways. Who are all so weird. Which is just totally this out of so weird. no reason at all. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I mean, what? You guys ran away from the First Order and this is what you're doing? <laughs> Riding like, horses on a moon. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Fuck, why, why is that weird? They were, <laughs> weren't they like made? They, they told their story where she was like, uh, yeah, yeah, like we were sent in to like pacify civilian population. The entire garrison just threw their guns down. We didn't want anything. So they got as far away from the war as they could, right? They went to like the most remote place so they wouldn't be conscripted again because they were kidnapped as kids. Like that part, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I guess. Couldn't they have like not gone? To the moon that had the wreckage of the Death Star on it, though, wouldn't that? Have Who the been? fuck would look for them there? Also, <laughs> Co- Coach is right. One of the coolest set pieces in the I sequel agree. trilogy, hands down, it was fucking sick. Oh, this is this was the um, other planet that I really loved. I I wasn't super crazy about um, them throwing Finn a third love interest. 
while he's like chasing after Ray in this movie, but they didn't really they didn't really stick with it, you know, as this movie does. It doesn't really commit to anything, so um, it's not that. It's I guess it's not that intrusive, but I it never, was weird, right? I never considered Ray a love interest, to be honest. Oh, I thought you that was implied extremely heavily in this movie. Yeah, I agree. No, I I still didn't get that vibe. I mean, so much of Star Wars is just like a child's idea of relationships, right? Like the amount of times where Anakin's like, "Ugh, politics," you know, it's just like that's all the fuck they say about like why the government is bad is just like the dude sighing and exhaling. I'm like, all right, like this is like someone overheard their parents talking and thinks they have a point, and that's just like how some of the characters feel. And like, I don't know, like. I didn't think he wanted to fuck Ray. I th- I think like it's awkward between him and Rose, and I think that's no. why he's he's on the field team, and she's like, I don't think that ended well. You know, that's why because she's it's in. it's never revealed. What did, what did you think he was trying to tell Ray in in the Last Planet? I have not, like I think he's just like kind of weird because like how much of his like explanations just come to him like like I got to do this for my friends. You know, like I think he's just like oddly possessive, being like post stormtrooper. But like I didn't think it was like a romantic. I thought it was like completely platonic friendship. Or platonic mm. love, however you want to call it. I was thinking love interest. Well, I mean, she's definitely a love interest for him in episode seven, right? I mean, he he comes out clearly and states it. He's like a cute girl, and he like a lot. He he's like all concerned about her, and even uh, Han Solo's like, you know, girls always find the truth, and mm. well, I, th- I thought that was like pretty heavily implied. Um, but yeah, I I, I mean, either way. The, the 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 love interest with Finn thing is 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 pretty annoying. I either 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 if she's the second or third love interest for Finn, it just seems like. And I, I said this last week too. They don't know what they're doing with Finn in this in this series. Like they they just they crap all over his character after episode seven. Um, no, threw him to the wolves. Yeah, yeah just just which is just really so disappointing. Disappointing. I mean, he frankly should have been like the co head leaning character essentially. I mean, with yeah. The, excellent story they set him up with in seven it's it's so disappointing for him to just get thrown to the wayside um and you know what to be honest with you i don't i I know i'm a big daisy ridley defender because i feel like she got screwed over i think john boyega is the best actor in this out of the main cast i I think i think john boyega is the best actor i would honestly agree yeah because even though his character sucks like his acting is 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 pretty consistent and spot on in 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 all these movies, I think. Yeah. But so who's the most who's the most likable though? Sorry, before we move on, mm. is it Finn? In the first movie, yes. Uh, I think I think Finn might be the most likable in this one as well. Not in episode eight, but in this one, I think he's I think he's pretty. Yeah. Likable. Um, it's either him or 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 Poe. Ray's pretty annoying in this movie i think she's like her annoying level got like turned up because her motivations don't really make much sense but i think her motivations don't make sense until this part until this scene then i think it kind of makes like until until she finds out that she's a palpatine then i think her motivations make plenty of sense is this where she finds out sorry austin continue no it's fine this is where we were talking about it earlier but this is where that whole thing with the dagger comes into play with her holding it up to the wreckage Mm -hmm. and it pointing lucky to where the wayfinder is and i mean i don't know i guess i could kind of see what you said uh george earlier in the show with maybe it's just because it was modified in some way to match the wreckage but i don't know 
it, it gives me very strong Uncharted 4 vibes, right? And I hated that about Uncharted 4. <laughs> hey, here's the, the treasure's here. Oh, wait, no, never mind. It's not here. But here's like a like a the next clue to the treasure yeah. where, it, where it might be, but it's not actually going to be there. It's going to be like uh, some weird random like thing that almost links up. And it's like, God, yeah. shut up. Why is it going to be this difficult? <laughs> so they or rather she eventually long story short she eventually does go find this wayfinder in the wreckage there though she is met by kylo who comes and destroys the wayfinder immediately and then has this i would say pretty well done lightsaber sequence with her i think this is actually Dude, a pretty cool sequence so good yeah. so good that is the one thing that i think the the sequels get consistently right is lightsaber fights they're not overly flashy like the prequels they're not really slow because they thought they were wielding claymores in the sequel tri- or the original trilogy but they think they have like a nice balance it, like there's a brutality to the lightsaber combat that i really like in the sequel trilogy and this one in particular is my favorite yeah coach what did you think about this lightsaber sequence um i agree with seth i like i liked all of them uh the only issue i had was the whole healing part of it, right? Yeah. So when, let's, when we get to that, yeah. Yeah, let's hit that now then. So as part of this, Leia, I guess sensing what's happening through the Force is essentially calling to Kylo through the Force and trying to distract him so that I guess Rey can win this fight, essentially. Um, as part of that, Leia has essentially used up all her life energy and dies in this moment that allows Ray to stab Kylo basically straight through the chest. And, um, uh, you know, Ray kind of senses Leia's death. And with that, she heals Kylo takes his tie fighter and then goes to Octu, two where, where Luke was in the last movie. So yeah, that what sequence, a sequence just i don't know man so so i didn't get that leia was trying to save ray i th- i got that leia was trying to save ben it could have been right? that. like yeah she was trying to reach out with the last bit of like like effort that she had to reach out to him and and the overexertion from the force killed her i guess but it's really it doesn't seem like it's that much of a task no. i mean especially considering luke skywalker put a projection of himself Right, yeah, that's, 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 that's like a yeah, huge. But, yeah, but he died too. So. Yeah, but. Yeah. I mean, it is. We, did we get any indication that Leia was like the end of her life or something like that? I, I mean, maybe the force is no. like a golf handicap. You know, like it's like everyone's got one. You know, you can only do so much. On a positive note, though, um, I do love the the way this lightsaber fight goes. Where finally, like Kylo Ren seems powerful. And he just completely overwhelms Ray at the end of it. And she, he's like about to kill her. But when, when Leia reaches out. Um, and I think that is like a really interesting thing. Because it's the first time we really see Ray take an L, I think, in this, in this, in this trilogy. Because um, in the first movie, she like, she somehow like, well, not somehow, like it's set up in the, in the, in the plot that Kylo's um, injured and she beats him. But in the second one, she's just like killing the, the uh, royal elite guards left and right. And then this one, she finally she she runs into some some issues where 
she's like, okay, fully power Kylo Ren, a little too much for me right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I did, I did like that because it showed a little bit more um, tact, I think. But the actual combat was cool. They're them jumping over the waterfalls and stuff, really cool. Um, but was, yeah, then then the four seal thing ruins it. This this had like after the four seal, it was like one of my favorite lines in the movie where. Um, you know, they were talking like before, like the stab or whatever, about like he wants to take my hand before, and she was quiet. Then she like heals him. I have, I have no qualms about the healing like you guys do. Um, to the point where I'm like confused why it bothers you so much. I've heard you explain it, and I'm sorry, but like I still like about seeing like a new power like that. That part doesn't bother me. But then her line about like I did want to take your hand, Ben's hand, not Kylo's hand. You know, like that implication. I thought that shit was really good. Yeah. I think it's a good scene overall. It's just, and I don't want to hit the the nail with the healing again. I just, I think, um, I don't know. It just doesn't feel totally right to me. But I, I will say this, going back to Leia for a moment again as a reminder. I mean, this Carrie Fisher was not alive when they filmed this movie. Sad to say, they they probably had to write her out or 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 wrap up her storyline somehow with this movie, and so. This is frankly probably the best they could do without kind of just shoving her aside, and I'm I'm okay with that. I think that's why you don't see like her face at the end, right? Like you see her like go yeah. down on the bed, right? And then yeah. you can just see what whatever else happens. I just think it was the wrong time to bring in that force ability, because I mean, why didn't Luke use it on his father? Why didn't Obi Wan yeah. use it on Qui Gon? Why didn't the Jedi's use it on the the clones? that past right so um i don't mind i think it's a cool force ability but to use it and not know how you got it that's what i have an issue with yeah i mean it, it is a very important like i said like i really care about the world building of star wars and it's, it's extremely important like this 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 changes like the whole dynamic of almost all conflicts in in the star wars universe and it's just like, oh, yeah, I just have this now. And it's like very nonchalant the way it's used it's three times this movie or four, actually. And it's just like. What's going on here? And like, I, yeah, like, but you get that, a little bit of explanation from it or, or force echoes like a big thing before the last Jedi came out or not the last Jedi, whatever that game was, the fall, fall of the Jedi. What was the first one? A fallen order. Jedi fallen order. Fallen order. Like, was, was Force Echoes, was that a thing, or was that just, like, a video game convention to do, like, audio diaries? You know, so it, it's, like, I think the power makes sense, and it's like, oh, like, I think even the chick in the sh- game is like, oh, like, that's a really rare ability. Not a lot of people have it. So it's like, I'm cool. Like, I think that makes the universe bigger. Like, it's convenient force power to unlock in this movie in particular, but like, I have no problems with that. I, I like that. It's like opening up the mythos. The execution was just bad. Um, uh, my feelings, my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Cool ability, but bad execution. All right. So like I said, at the end here, you know, Ray goes off back to Octu, the planet where Luke was in the last movie where he exiled himself because, um, at some point, I don't even know when this comes up. She has a vision, or maybe she just talks about it. She has a vision that she's like sitting on the throne with Kylo or something, and she basically wants to exile her herself and do the same thing Luke did. Yeah, it's never shown, but she said, "Yeah, 
she says that she had this vision, which probably a cut scene. Yeah. Yeah, probably it's probably cut out for time. So she goes back there and kind of simultaneously as she's going back, I'll say quickly that Kylo um has a kind of a strange scene, I guess, with Han Solo, obviously his father, where they're oh, conversing yeah. back and forth just out of the blue. I definitely wanted to talk about this because yeah. is this a legitimate thing that's happening or is this just like a metaphor scene? Because if it's legit, this would be the, the first instance of a Star Wars like non-Force ghost we've ever seen. And also, no. what? I think, not it's, a I think it was a Force ghost. Yeah, just I, a regular ghost. No, not a ghost. Like I think it's just I think him. It's like, I think it's, yeah. I think it's I like think an existential it's... crisis he's having. Okay, yeah. that's, that's what I that was, was wondering. I yeah. yeah. Um, plus, just from a visual standpoint, they don't do anything like visually with with Harrison Ford, like he just looks no, like he's there. Dude, dude's just there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that to me read as a no. He's just imagining uh, his father. Yeah. He had he That's had the line. Thinking. He had the line. He's like, "You're just a memory." He's like, "Your memory." You know. That's true. So. Right. It's just, I just want to make sure that we were on the same page because that's what I was thinking as well. But it, like, also, it's no, it's the, not really clearly in the, in the world of Star Wars. You know, he got to double check. It's like, wait, is this a real ghost? Yeah. <laughs> or right. a metaphorical ghost. Yeah. And I also liked the the repeat scene of like they almost had like an identical scene to um, the episode seven scene where he's like, I, you know, I know what I have to do, but I don't have the strength to do it. Yeah. And I, think, I thought that was pretty cool because it, it would kind of give you like a what if like a, what if he had chosen a different path all the way back then? Right. Would would you know, I think that, I thought that was pretty neat. Um, but this next scene, man, holy fudge nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Are, are we talking about Oct two? Is that we're going there now? Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Ray's on Oct two. She's exiling herself. What is she? She's like throwing pieces of wood into the Tie Fighter to catch it on fire, I guess, so that she yeah, she's just can't leave. Being angry. She's just being angry. Yeah, and of course, uh, Luke shows up. Uh, Force Ghost Luke, and he's kind of just like, I'll be she honest. She's his lightsaber. Yeah. That's yeah, what she, she just that's does. Right, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. That's shows up. And he catches it <laughs> and walks out of the flames with it in hand as a force ghost. And Dude. he's like, that's not a way to treat a lightsaber. So. I, I, I've never seen a more direct and like obvious. Like, you, there's no other way to take this scene other than like a legitimate J.J. Abrams being like, fuck Ryan Johnson, right? Like, there's no other way to take that scene. I mean, so the, I, 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 it comes across honestly a little unprofessional. I would say, like, like <laughs> it seems like that insulting. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What's how else funny can... though, Seth, is it's not just that lightsaber throw. Obviously, the whole plot of the last movie was like, okay, it's time for the Sith and the Jedi to both end, both of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Luke even says it. Yoda even says it to Luke. He's like, all right, it's time for it to end. That's why I've ignited this, you know, the, the tree that the techs were in. As you find out later, they weren't actually in it. But that's literally like they they come to that conclusion. Both Luke and, and Yoda agree like, all right, maybe it is time for it to end. And that's fine. Yet he comes out of the flames here and he's like, oh, no, you're you're the last Jedi. Scrap we got to keep it going. All we got to keep it going. Scrap on. Dude. <laughs> But, and like like I understand like like JJ was trying to course correct back to like his original vision probably right but like this scene in particular is like if someone if it came out tomorrow that like Ryan Johnson slapped JJ Abrams mom I'd be like yeah it makes sense actually 
because uh, there's like a, such a level of vitriol with making this scene. That I can't imagine. It had to be very personal. <laughs> Coach, what did you think about this sequence? Um, it just didn't. It was like it. It just didn't fit with the flow of the movie. Like all of a sudden, now she's over here, you know. And I mean, it's cool to see Luke, but I'm just. I just thought a lot of times what's going on here and then especially with this like okay so um what 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 are we going to do from here you know where is it going to go from here yeah what what i will say is in this scene mark hamill it seemed like mark hamill was more comfortable um than than he was in episode eight because he, he he it seemed like he was able to get back into the character of luke skywalker where like it sounded like Luke Skywalker and it looked like Luke Skywalker again, where he's like, what are you doing? You know? And, and I, 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 he, I didn't get that vibe from episode eight where it, it seemed almost like Mark Hamill was uncomfortable with the way there. He was, he was acting in, in Luke, in Luke Skywalker in that movie. Whereas this one, it seems like he's more, more, more into the character. And I think that shows um, in this scene in particular. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I mean, he he's just seems more like Luke here to me. But as a whole, this whole sequence still doesn't literally make a single ounce of sense to me. <laughs> well, yeah, because it, it comes out that both Luke and Leia both knew that Ray was a Palpatine. Correct. And what you know? Why? How? Why? Why? Why would you never tell her? What What is going on? Wasn't the implication that, like, they're also the children of monsters and they didn't want. Right. Well, wasn't that like, yeah, we're, so. we're the kid. We're the kid of Anakin Skywalker, you know, the guy who killed all those Jedi children and then subjugated a galaxy and enslaved a lot of Wookiees. <laughs> I guess. Destroyed, destroyed a lot of cities. Like, we're also like the children of monsters, too. But like this, she has like a de- debilitating mental illness from not knowing her parents. Right. And like. Yeah, like like she stayed on this desert planet eating instant bread for twenty years or whatever, and inside of ATAT. Yeah, like 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 marking like it's a very sad story. And and instead of being like, hey, listen, we know your story. Like, here's let let us help you. They're like, no, we're just gonna hide it from her. We're gonna hide it from her. <laughs> and let her live with this. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't know, man. <laughs> Valid, valid. And then, like, what are you going to do? Reveal it to her when she's a full power Jedi, and then she might follow the darkness and create a, a second. You know, I, it's. I don't like that. It doesn't make any sense. Unless they found out in death that she's a Palpatine, and they like watch the whole thing. That would make more sense. I, whatever. I'm done rambling. Okay, Fuck so it. I'm going to be I honest. I don't believe you. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think I was multitasking at this part of the movie. As part of this, Luke like points. Ray to Leia's lightsaber, which is on Octu. Is it oh, yeah. explained why it's hidden? Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> I thought the same like, thing. Why doesn't like, Leia have her lightsaber? Well, I can't remember. I understand. There might be. A I understood that there. because it shows that flashback, and he goes over like, oh, you know, she said she was pregnant, and she was doing one of her, her final trainings with him or whatever. That's right. Um, but why did it? Why was it hidden? That is, you know, that that's that's the thing. Like, Luke didn't hide his lightsaber, 
and he didn't why would he why did he hide leia's because it's later revealed or maybe it's revealed at the end uh, before this it's revealed that the the caretakers of that island took luke's lightsaber the green one i just i just looked this up so why did he hide leia's in in this weird brick wall didn't she say that like she left it there because someone's going to need it someday yeah yeah that's true I don't think, as far as I know, she didn't even know where Octu was. She didn't leave it there. Luke took it there. No, George has a good point, though. It is that is a plot point where she's like, "Yeah, I know that somebody will need this." So I don't know. Maybe that's their explanation as to why it's there. No, 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 I understand why it's on Octu. Why is it hidden? Why is it hidden in the wall? I mean, it's sure splitting hairs, I guess, but just a thing that didn't make sense to me. Also, give me Luke's green lightsaber. I want to see it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of beating around the bush. Pregnant pause. Is this this? <laughs> I, I can't remember if this is now or if this is when Ray goes to Exegol. Is this a sequence where we get like the vision of Ray like turning evil, or is that later? That happened way earlier in the movie, didn't it? I can't remember. That, when hap- that, happened. that happened when she was on the wreckage of the Death Star. Yeah, that's what I thought. She yeah. fought her. That's right. Evil stuff. Can Which, I just say? Well, let me tell you what. <laughs> what a babe. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I gotta. I don't think I gotta say what I got. What I needed, right? Like, come on, we, we're all feeling it. Well, if it's related to how awesome that lightsaber is, and related to like how it snaps back and forth, is that what you were gonna say, Seth? Because I love that lightsaber design. Something igniting. You know what I'm saying? Something. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> A lightsaber that is red and snaps back and forth like Darth Maul, but not right. A little too much. Now, okay. for me, it's a little too much. I don't like it. I like it. I mean, I like it. It it, it, it reeked a little bit of uh, Inquisitorious, if you know what I'm saying. Like, just stick stick with one design, right? Stop trying to be fancy. <laughs> Miss do it all. <laughs> all right, so. Ray gets out of out of Exegol. She takes Luke's X-wing that has been sitting underwater for approximately twenty years. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, like it's designed for the vacuum of space. You think you can't keep some fucking water out, Austin? That's true. That's true. Good point. You think, I think you're, you think you're we're, better we're, than Sinai Systems or whoever invented that shit? You're more talking about why it was underwater, right? No, well, that question wasn't it under there because he just didn't want to. Like it, it was just there. No, I was so thinking just, more so. How is it still operational when it's been sitting yeah, underwater? Dude, dude never wants to pay for parking ever. Well, I mean, it was under the swamps of Dagobah for like a true. quite a long time too. True. So true. Man, those things are made. I think of it's very, the same X-wing. Good material. Yeah. He, he seems he seems weird about it. Like if I've had my Jetta for fifteen years, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he can hold on to his X-wing for forty. That's true. Is that what you drive, George Jetta? Yeah, OA Jetta. Yeah. All right, so anyway, she takes off on this X-Wing and she uses the Wayfinder that she got from Kylo's TIE Fighter to go and head toward Exegol. And as part of that, she starts transmitting coordinates to the Resistance, who use her coordinates to also follow her to Exegol. And when she gets there, she finds Palpatine, who looks like uh, GLaDOS from Portal because he is attached to a giant like mechanical arm. And basically, he wants her to kill him so that his spirit can kind of pass into her and she can rule the galaxy. 
Certainly is a choice. Yeah. <laughs> certainly, certainly. Um, not really explained well. I feel is is this like a force ability Palpatine has, or did he like? Is this the is this the same ability that um, Plagueis had, where, where he cheated death? Could be. Um, I don't know. I don't need it explained that much to me, to be honest. Like, if, if, if it's one of those things where Palpatine says he can do it, I, I'm just going to go ahead and believe it. Well, I'm just yeah. wondering, because, like, why didn't, why haven't all the, because they're, they're, they're making a big deal about this. Like, you have, you're all the Sith, you're all the Jedi, right? Is, is, is this like a, a literal interpretation where, like, Plagueis and Palpatine merged when Palpatine killed him all the way back to the Bane days? Or, like, what did, I don't understand I don't the I don't understand what they're saying, right? Because it's brought up again from a Jedi standpoint too, of her being like later Jedi, on, yeah. she's like, like yeah, I'm all the Jedi, and like I don't know. I put that in the bad category because I'm like, but what the fuck does that mean? It's a pretty cringy line. I didn't like that. I hate that scene at the end. Um, it's really cool seeing Palpatine on the giant mechanical arm, though, like a weird fucking scorp- scorpion tail. I love that look, and he's just yeah. The weird, design of Exegol. And everything surrounding Exegol, I think, is actually really well done. Um, how dark it is out there, like all the the Star Destroyers lined up, the interior planet stuff, you know, all the um, the statues. I guess, are they statues of Palpatine? I don't know what all those are, to be honest. I think they are, because I was, so while we were talking earlier in the movie, when, when I had questioned about what the Sith Eternal were, yeah, these were people who worshipped Palpatine in like a Sith cult back when he was still alive. Okay. Um, and then they left Exegol and came back after his death to continue working on like his cloning thing. And um, that's how they were. So this is the explanation. They were, they're able to create this massive force of starships and whatnot because they're doing gene splicing and gene editing. So they're giving people these like crazy abilities to like be like the best mechanics or like the best. Right. Um, you know, like like anything, and they're, that's how they're doing this. So that's that's kind of like their their whole thing. That's why that they're making clones, like they're editing the clones' genes and stuff, trying to figure out like the perfect clone of Palpatine. Um, wait, where, where, I don't remember where we were. I, I don't remember how to get back to my point, but that's <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> so. I feel like, I don't know, my memory is just bad with all the expanded content surrounding this movie. Did has it? Did they ever confirm, like, is this the same Palpatine, or is the Palpatine that's in this movie a clone of the This original? is a clone. Okay. Yeah, I think, this I think it has to... It fell into the reactor in right. the Death Star. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, so, um... Palpatine... <laughs> unless so that, that was a, unless that was a clone, and this is the original. <laughs> no, this this is a clone, so... That's why I was that's why I was wondering earlier, like, what is going on with this they're all the Sith thing? Because Palpatine's whole thing for cheating death was transferring his essence into another body. So he had the clones ready in episode six when he got thrown into the reactor and he transferred then. But he transferred into like a like a like a like a like a like the clones were really bad. Right. So they, they, they kept making better and better clones until he's at he's at the point where he's at now. And they're just they're not getting there. So that's why he wants to transfer into Ray's body or originally Kylo Ren's body. Right. So. But that that's that's also I don't understand the you're going to strike me down 
and I'm going to transfer into your body. Yeah, and we are all the same. That doesn't even like, make sense. None, none, none of the, none of the whole like overarching like like thing makes sense. So I wish that I had gotten more of an explanation for anything in this movie because <laughs> it drives me. It drives well, me the, nuts. The ending sequence as a whole just has a lot of issues, I would say, but. Which is weird because, like, on the surface level, like a lot of exciting shit is happening, right? Right. Oh my god, so much exciting shit. Such as, but then it, it is the second you think about, it, you're like, wait, a, wait, hold on. Such as what happens next with the resistance launching. You know, they show up, launch an attack on the Sith fleet, but shortly after, where it seems as though things are not going their way, Lando shows up and he's like, "Hey, Poe." What's going on, man? And then Poe looks up and he's like, oh, there's literally every single ship in the entire galaxy here to help. So including if, some cameo ships, by the way, some cameo ships cool that are pretty cool. Ships. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if the catching the lightsaber was like a fuck you to Ryan Johnson, I think this scene is like the second finger yes. in the fuck oh, you. Because yeah. right? like in Last Jedi, when they were trying to send the signal out and no one showed up. And then now it's like, oh, everyone showed up this time. I agree. Because Lando got him. And this is a plot point for me, too, that still doesn't make sense. But I think it's exactly for that reason. I think it's just a middle finger because literally earlier in the, in the movie, they're like, yeah, they just didn't have hope. You know, they mentioned that at the end of the last one, too. Where it's like, well, why would they suddenly have hope now? Like, what even changed for Lando just the general public? the hope into them. <laughs> yeah, sure did. <laughs> fucking went to planet to planet, just laying down the pipe. Yeah, Billy the D. Williams himself. Yeah. <laughs> like in a matter of a couple hours, right? Because the, the whole thing was like He's 13 fast, hours. He's fast. I think. Yeah. I'm just like, come on, man. Like Maybe it was just everyone was like, look at the Millennium Falcon. That is an awesome ship. We're going to follow this guy. And he just, uh, everybody fucking, followed him. I hate the Eternal Fleet in the, in the Battle at the End type thing. I just, it doesn't even... God, I hate it so much. It's just, and then they're running on top of the, the the starship or the the, the no, that, that part. That part. That part was sick. Just like a horse charge. Mean? A horse charge on top why of like they, a, bro, a star destroyer and a bring, lightning storm. God. What do you? What the fuck's not cool about that? Why did they bring Might these horses? Look cool. Why did they bring these horses? What was the point of bringing these horses? Because I don't think they had the speeders to fight, dude. Like, have you seen like the the resistance operation? Like they're using eight hundred year old spaceships. Going against like the new hotness from the Sith, the Sith fleet out well, in Exegol. They ain't got jack shit, man. They're kept together with prayers and duct tape. Like, yeah, of course they're gonna use these weird fucking alpaca horses they found in, in some like demilitarized war zone in the wreckage of a WMD. Yeah, man, that's what they fucking got. Well, they sure. Oh, there's hell. a hole in the Millennium Falcon. I hope someone's chewing some gum today. Like, like that's where we are. Yeah, you know, yeah, they sure yeah. as hell had a hundred brand new bombers at the beginning of the last movie. So I'd love to know. Yeah, how all actually, that went uh, down man, I, 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 I wrote that in my note. Actually, I was like, <laughs> "Bet you wish you had some fucking bombers now, don't you, Poe?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, oh, I, wait, I, hate, oh, I hate this ending scene so much. The, it's so dumb. The marvelification of the humor in this. How do you feel about like Leia's dying wish was to make uh, Poe general, and then he just like starts referring to to Finn as general. It's like I need you. I need you to do this with me, general. He's like general, general, and like they do like the doctor, doctor thing. I, thumbs up I or was thumbs down. Mildly amused by it. I thought that it was part. Fine. That part made me chuckle. Yeah. yeah, I think the humor is absolutely better in this movie than I the agree. last one. Totally agree. It doesn't feel as out of place as it did in the last one. 
Um, yeah, okay, so there's like a series of things that happen here. I'm just going to kind of sum it down, but basically um, Kylo Ren shows up, decides to go help Rey. He comes across the Knights of Ren, which I'll talk about them in a second, but he once again has his little force conversation thing with Rey, and Rey somehow passes him Leia's lightsaber through this force conversation thing. He takes out the the Knights of Ren and then heads on over to help out Rey with Palpatine. Can I just say the Knights of Ren could have been could have been fucking just awesome. freaking awesome. I agree. Biggest, in my opinion, mistake of this entire franchise or or or, or sequel trilogy. <laughs> They set them up as such cool, like mysterious villains in episode seven when, um, you know, I, I forget who it is, but they show that that either vision or flashback sequence with Kylo and all of them surrounding him. And then they just don't matter at all. Hey, you know what? They, they matter a lot in the Crimson Dawn crossover that recently took place over at Marvel Comics. So no, put, you, your money where actually... your, put your money where your mouth is, Austin. I was actually just going to bring up the comics and how they, they tried to like expand upon the Knights of Ren in the comics and they are awful. The, those comics are terrible, man. Did you, Hey, did you realize that the, the guy was originally, they were literally just like the guy's name was Ren and he wore like a weird goofy mask. It was stupid. What? Oh, no. Yeah, like it was the, the Kylo comic, comic right? Was I thought it was, I thought that it was the Knights of Rencock. It might be the Kylo comic. I can't remember. I wasn't talking about those. I was talking about because they actually appear like back in the Civil War era. Like Vader fights the Knights of Ren back in the day. In, I'm sure that went well for them. Uh, oh, for sure. Stuff, stuff happened, but it was like a three way fight between like Palpatine, Vader, the Knights of Ren, and uh, Kira from the Crimson Dawn. That that comic series was fun. It's good shit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Kylo Ren, who I guess is now known as Ben at this point, because he's no longer Kylo Ren. Kylo Ben. Uh, <laughs> ben shows up to Palpatine and Rey and is going to help out Rey until... Um, he gets immediately yeeted. <laughs> yeah, he just gets thrown off a cliff behind him. <laughs> this is, gets absolutely tossed the second he walks Fuck in. out of here. Uh, which is mildly amusing. I, I like that. So, um, but I forget. It. Honestly, I'm this whole sequence at the end is just a lot to remember mentally. I feel like there's just so much that goes on in a short amount of time. I think it's. I don't remember if it's before or after that where Palpatine like takes all their life energy or whatever he's attempting That's to do. That's right before. That's right before. I'm I'm watching it right now. I'm I've, like last week. I'm skipping through as we're talking about that's it. And... That's why he's strong enough to eat Adam Driver off the cliff. Right. <laughs> oh, that's right. So because stupid. he he becomes like a fully powered Palpatine. Um. Yeah. His, his little fingers grow back. Yeah. That's right. His fingers grow back, and then he shoots like a four mile high lightning into the sky, striking. Right. So every I gotta be single... honest. This part really fucking pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't care for this part, dude. What a cheap freaking stupid. I don't know. I, I hated that so much. Like, oh, he's I strong again, so now he can just shoot lightning just tons of it into the sky this, like nobody has ever I told seen you, before. The, this movie is all swings and shortcuts, you know? Like, yeah. that's, that's all it is. So, Ray wakes up, takes out Luke's lightsaber. She's like, oh no, I'm gonna 
I'm going to stop this. I'm going to put an end to this. This is right after she hears some voices of, of past Jedi. And I had the subtitles on as I was watching this. I didn't realize some of the the um, Jedi that speak to her at this point. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of really weird cameos. Ayla Secura speaks to her for some reason. Yeah. Keanu uh, Mundi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Your um, thoughts dwell on your mother. So she pulls out Luke's lightsaber, starts kind of getting up close to Palpatine. You know, he's he's using his his force lightning against her. It's hitting her her lightsaber there. And uh, what really does it though is when um, in a in a in a killer blow, Ray decides to use a second lightsaber, <laughs> and that's just what does it. That's what allows her to get up close. And um, you know, it 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 wraps up there pretty much because Palpatine shocks himself. Well, see, that was Mace Windu's problem was that he Should only had, had the one lightsaber. He two. only had the one lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I, I had, so to, stupid, I had to laugh as I was watching this earlier. Cause I'm like, really? That's all. It was just, she needed a second lightsaber and that was it. I, I don't, don't even know. know. I don't even know this what to say about a disaster, it. disaster in my opinion. It's just, it's all over the place. My you biggest... would think, no, go ahead, coach. My biggest issue was if we go back a few minutes, was for one, now this whole fleet of star destroyers has the Dude. weapon that was on the Death Star. <laughs> All of them do. However, the 1999 couldn't lift off because of the one. Like, who's gonna like engineer that? That's that was like that was the worst way to try and keep them on planet. And by right? the way, when they take down that one, every single one is just going to explode. Yeah, I thought it was just showmanship. I thought they were like, we're going to make this look awesome when we come out of the ocean. <laughs> that's, what I thought, that's what I thought they were doing, honestly. Oh, my uh, they came God. out of the ocean. I thought they came out from underground. Under the ice, right? I don't even know. I guess ice makes sense. Yeah. So Ray dies at this point. Ray actually dies. Uh, when yes. she's fighting yes. Palpatine. Well, uh, Kylo Ren comes out of his little pit that he got tossed into about two minutes earlier and comes up and he reveals he also has this force healing ability and heals Rey to the point that he now dies, but she is alive. And in that time frame, they, they share a kiss, which I feel like was unneeded. And <laughs> that's kind of how it ends, uh, at least from this, this sequence. There is one more final sequence, but of course, that it's, means ben, ben dies here. It's weird because there's like no sexuality this entire new trilogy, right? Like, I don't even think there's like tension. Like, no. do, do Han and Leia even kiss when they're reunited? No, because no. they're like in a strange married couple, right? Like, they, they broke hug up. and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which and is so, like, there's just me out. yeah, there's just like no romance and like I think it's kind of fucking prudish. I don't know whenever we got so scared of of kissing in movies because it's the same thing with the Marvel movies how there's like no sexual energy anywhere, which is weird because these are in theory like the hottest people on the planet, right? In in the Marvel movies, but no, no one ever wants to kiss another human being ever. And it's like that part felt really weird to me. I'm guessing it's because they're a dyad in the force and because like what's hers is his and what's his is hers. And like, that's how he's able to heal her. I'm not going to look too deep for an explanation there. I'm just like, 
Because it is just like kid logic again, yeah. where it's like, oh yeah, he traded himself for her. How? It's like, eh, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. matter. <laughs> I think they should have just kept it where she gave himself, or, you know, that she died and, he's, and he was the one that survived. How much more mad would you be if at the end he introduced himself as Ben Skywalker instead of Ben Solo? I, I mean, like that. Yeah, ben, Palp- ben Palpatine. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would have got the same reaction as I would with Ray saying she's a Skywalker. Ben the Hut. I don't disagree with you, though, Coach. I think actually it would have been a more powerful ending had Ray died here. I think that would have been, I know in Star Wars, you know, it's kind of set up as like the hero always wins, but I think it would have been a unique take for Ben to have been the one that lived and lived on rather than Ray. Yeah, even though he was an asshole the entire Especially time. Especially considering she's yeah, just I don't know yeah, if I agree with you guys. Jedi. I don't know if I agree with you guys. I, I just, why, this, I mean, Ben's story's wrapped up. He redeemed himself. It's over. That's true. I'm sure we might like him more than Ray, but like, I mean, it's done. There's, but what's he going to do? Rebuild the Jedi Order and like hide from all the younglings? Like, oh, yeah, I, was, I had this little episode when I was like 23. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, just, I experimented. Yeah. I, with I don't, the dark I don't, side for a little don't while. Don't read my yeah, diary he, from those days. He, he can't go within 500 yards of a Jedi temple ever again. Yeah. Based on what happened the last time. So, no, that's I, a I good just, point. That's know. a good point. His plot is pretty much wrapped up at that point. So, yeah. I mean, Ray, Ray seems to me like the more logical person to carry on the legacy of the Jedi, whether her plot made sense or not in these three movies. I, now, the naming thing, I don't, I don't think makes a whole lot of sense, but, you know, whatever. I, which I'm sure you'll bring up next. Speaking of naming, <laughs> the very final sequence of this movie is Ray going back to Tatooine. She goes to uh, Luke's old home there and buries both Luke and um, Leia's lightsabers. And some random person walks by and is like, hey, nobody's been here in a long time. What's your name? And Ray goes, Ray Skywalker. And then No, Ray, she goes, Ray. Then she waits. 22 seconds and then says Ray Skywalker <laughs> and then the movie ends and that's Don't you see the, the ghost of Luke and Leia at the end yeah. here you do yeah. you do how do we feel now four years later about Ray Skywalker I, I was... it's, it's, it's the name she chose that's the family she chose it's the life she chose like it's it's whatever I I don't like it uh, but not because I feel like it's disrespectful because I feel like it just is so dumb. And and it's just like, OK, because like. Legitimately, that's not true, right? Like she's not a Skywalker. She's not. Mm-hmm. So wh- why are you carrying on this name just for the legacy? I mean, put up a statue or something, right? Like. Also, don't bury the lightsabers. It doesn't mean why are you burying the lightsabers? You can use them. Put them on display at the new Jedi Temple or whatever you're doing. Like, hey, this was Luke Skywalker. He was the hero of the Republic. Especially considering what we know now about there being a new movie about her. And I could could be wrong, but... No, it's confirmed. They confirmed it at 
Yeah, they confirmed uh, Rogue Squadron too, but that's true. I didn't go out to them. But didn't they say in that in that plot summary or plot explanation for that movie that it's going to be about her like rebuilding the Jedi Order? Or am I just yeah. totally mistaken? Yeah. So like that, the that 10 in mind, years in the future, or something. That in mind, I can't I mean, wait. I think that, that like I'm so psyched for that movie, dude, because I I really do think I think Daisy Ridley got the short end of the stick, and she deserves a chance at redemption. And I think Ray's character can be a really good character when it needs to be. Right. So like. I think with without the controversy of these two warring directors, I think there could be a really cool movie and a really, really neat idea here setting up the next generation of Jedi. Yeah. But well, I, hopefully only, we get a little more character development and consistency from Ray. The only reason I brought that up is because, I mean, you've got two lightsabers here that could be used for future Jedi, yet they're getting buried. I don't know. That's yeah, stupid. So... Especially That's, when Leia had like no connection to hers. They 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 wouldn't have known obviously at that time that they were going to do a Ray movie. So that's probably a nitpicky thing to to point out. But to me, it would have made more sense for Ray to just keep them. So, and I believe through the comics, there's like a twenty foot mound of kyber crystals just kind of sitting on Exegol somewhere. That's interesting. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, hmm. I guess there would have to be um, for him to be able to build the the Death Star tech into those. Oh yeah, uh, Star Destroyers. She could train Jedi, and they could go to Exegol and yeah, build their lightsabers and fight I, I Jedi witches. And... <sighs> I don't know, guys. I feel I like do, the more I, I do talk love about the this... design. Oh, go ahead. I I, I love the design of her lightsaber at the end of the movie. I think it's so really I... cool. I love the uh, oh, like the, the dial thing. Yeah, the dial uh, ignition switch is awesome. I really like it. But I was just gonna say, I feel like the more like going through and talking about this movie and recounting every point of its plot. Gosh, there are things to like about this movie, but I just feel like there are so many issues. So many issues. It's really hard to sit down and like just appreciate because of how many weird plot holes and. It just feels like an argumentative essay, essentially. Yeah, it's it's a weird movie to talk about. What I will say is, is after rewatching and talking about it all this time, if it wasn't for the last half hour of this movie, I think I could have passed it. Yeah, I, the last I I, li- I cannot stand the last half hour of this movie. Like like I think it looks bad. I think it doesn't make sense. I think that the starship battles are stupid, and I I just there's nothing I like about the last half hour of that movie except for seeing. Um, ben Solo come back and, and fight the Knights of Ren. That's the only thing I like. I think for me, at the end, I just have zero faith in Star Wars on the big screen. Because Kathleen Kennedy, if she's still around when these movies come out, she's just going to fuck them up. She's going to mess them up. Um, I don't have faith in the writers anymore. If they use the writers from like um, some of the guys that Dave Filoni had on Clone Wars or uh, Rebels or even the new stuff with um, Bad Batch, um, I think it has a chance. But I just I I can't get excited for anything Star Wars on the big screen as long as Kathleen Kennedy is is still so involved. 
I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know how she didn't lose her job after this, after the, the disaster of these three movies with like no direction and Daisy really coming out and saying like well, they changed her character origin yeah. up until the final shot. And I'm like, here's the thing. That you, seems like, like, like a massive oversight. Here's the thing you got to remember though, is that these movies, all three of them still did amazing from a box office standpoint. They are still some of the highest grossing movies of all time. All three of them. The Force so, Awakens is the number one grossing movie domestic. Also, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, I don't know how much she did wrong. You know, like, she hired J.J. Abrams, who, like, at the time is, like, one of the most popular and successful filmmakers, right? Like, the, like the dude's just, like, the second coming of Spielberg. And, like, this movie is based on, like, 70s sci-fi, right? Like, in 2015 or whatever. And then hires Ryan Johnson, who, like, like is a good director also right like looper was like this this kick-ass sci-fi thing and then everyone's complaining about like uh like random shows right like um oh season two of mandalorian oh season uh of book of boba fett but it's like yeah wasn't that john favre and dave filoni like aren't those like the two dudes who like had like a good track record too with with all their shit so it, it feels like the mets where it's like Oh yeah, they shelled out all this fucking money for like the top tier talent, and they just didn't make the playoffs. Like it just like it happens. Like, so George, I'll tell you what she did wrong with this. She didn't lock down a story that would have continuity, and that was the biggest issue. Is there was no continuity. Nothing. You know? Good. Uh, uh, finish your thought. Good. I thought you were done. No, I'm just saying. There was that nothing. There was no flow. Say what you will about the prequels, but at least it had like a beginning and an end, right? But this one, it was the sequels was just all over, and her name was on it. And yes, made a lot of money, millions and millions of money, and it had the magic. Episode seven had that Star Wars magic that Christmas that. What was it, 2015 or 16 or something like that? Yeah. And there was so much hype going into the second one. Who's Ray? Who's Snoke? And is uh, Finn? Is he is he sensitive to, in the Force? Right. Um, and it was just it was everything. All that hype was just blown up because you didn't sit and you didn't get a good story. Well, so. I agree with you, Coach, and that's why I'm so excited to talk about the leaked script for Episode 9 next week. I think it's going to be a really good discussion. Um, but, like, how does that happen, right? Like, how do you get Star Wars, spend that much money on Star Wars? And from all the reports that you read, they, they rushed the movies out, out the gate. Like, they were, they were, like, really pushing as fast as they could. And I know they were trying to copy the original trilogy, and that they had three different directors for all three movies, right? But George Lucas was still there, and his wife, that who, depending on who you talk to, his wife might be the one that had the secret sauce, right? Right. But um, they were there, like overseeing the whole thing. They had an, they had an idea. This does it, it seems very disjointed. I think Episode Nine is a mistake, and they should have if they were if they were okay with what Ryan Johnson did in Episode Eight stick to your guns and go for it right because because this is like a mess this movie is a mess 
And like we've all come away from this conversation, I think like there's things we love about this movie, and like there's there's things that are really cool, but it's a complete disaster from start to finish. The the pacing's wrong. I mean, like the the character motivations are are like not there. The the plot holes like there's so much that this movie like it needed someone to be like, all right, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Make this make sense. Rewrite this. It's, it, I think they needed more time and they didn't have it. And they were writing a movie. They were write, write, making movies for probably the most famous IP in, in history. So. Also, we talked about this a little bit with The Last Jedi, man. I think these are the two longest Star Wars movies, Last Jedi and. Yeah. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You don't need to make a, a two and a half hour long movie. You just don't. You got to give a beginning, middle, and end in two hours. Like, well, there was that rumor that there was going to be a four-hour cut of the Rise of Skywalker release on Disney Plus a few years ago, and I really would like to see what that movie was about. I would rather um, fall down a flight of fucking stairs and watch that. Well, I what it makes. I sense? see both points. I think my problem here, though, is and even rewatching it, like recounting, I, I realized I had this issue today. There's just too much in this movie. I mean, it's yeah. There's far too much going on. I mean, they really should have narrowed down what was happening. It's to the point where I'd say for me, like half the movie's forgettable because it's just, it's gas, the whole movie. It doesn't ever slow down at all. And I don't like that uh, for a Star Wars movie. I mean, there, there are always slow parts in Star Wars. There are, you know, fun character moments. And to me, this movie was just nonstop, like, Go, 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 go. And I, I really hate that. So, yeah, especially the first se- like sequence of the movie. Like, whoa, we're, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're on a drag race. Like, we're, we're immediately going 100 miles an hour and right. <laughs> nothing's explained. You know, like, it's like, who are these dudes? He's like, you know, just chopping up. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So, yeah. oh, well. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Anyone else have anything you want to add on Rise of Skywalker? I'm excited to um, read through the uh, the original Episode Nine script and, like you said, Seth, talk about it. Yeah, I think we're gonna have a really good conversation it. about it. So, all right, everyone. Well, don't forget you can uh, find the show on both YouTube and on uh, podcast services. Uh, if you're looking to watch the video version on YouTube, you can just go to bit.ly slash frameskip live. So that's bit.ly slash frameskip live. You can go uh, sc- subscribe to our YouTube channel there. You'll get a notification when we go live. And um, of course, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also find the audio version on pretty much any podcast service. Uh, Frameskip itself is on social media, pretty much on everything, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Frameskip Pod. I am on Twitter at Austin J. Eller. Seth is at Seth the 90s Kid. And George is at Shortbox Summary. New episodes this Friday, maybe. Where can you find Coach? Um, You know, I don't know. He's calling papers. He's podcasting from inside the house. (laughs) <laughs> you can find coach at school that's right there you go um you can find him on a bike somewhere yep and maybe watching a dallas cowboys game this is your year coach
<laughs> you say that every year, brother. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you all for listening, watching, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Keep it metal.